Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. At some point in all of our lives, we've been in a situation that didn't exactly fit us. Whether it was a job or like today's guest, a college degree, sometimes you just have to make the most of where you are. In today's episode, we sit down with Alexia Cooper, the CEO of Bell Solar and Electrical Systems a Nevada-based solar installation company with a focus on female engineers. In this app, the Forbes City Under 30 listee shares by being around the right people is so important, how she's lifting up other women in a male-dominated industry, and why you just need to think about laying the next brick. For those of you who have yet to post about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story and tag us at The Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Alexia. Alexia, welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. You know, you and I recently connected and when I looked into you and all of the amazing work you're doing in kind of the energy and electrical space, I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm always available. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. Awesome. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
so I am the CEO of Bell Solar and Electrical Systems. We're a solar and electrical contracting business in Las Vegas, Nevada, looking to expand to some other states up and down the West Coast. Uh, and we focus a lot on our people and making sure that they feel empowered in order to provide the best service to our customers. Um, and I bought out this company from the owner in 2020. So I'm full owner now and uh, it's been it's been a wild ride. I've been very lucky and fortunate. Oh my goodness. That is wild. I mean, I think wow, didn't know you bought you bought out the business. That's huge. And I can't wait to dive deeper into how that all happened, how it all came to be, how you became CEO at such a young age. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, what was it like growing up in Las Vegas? And, you know, how do you think that shaped the choices you made in your life and in your career so far? Well, honestly, Vegas does things big. So I <laughs> see it as the dreamer city. Anything here is possible. And that has shaped everything about me. And not till recently was I able to make that connection. But I'm a huge dreamer and I, I know anything's possible. But when I really think about it, the way that Vegas does things relates to how I do things. So I think this is the greatest city in the world. And because of that, I've been able to grow and push myself beyond limits that I would have never even imagined just by being inspired every day. Were you inspired by the energy of the city or were you more just like doing your daily life and just kind of, oh, you know, I think I'll figure out what I want to do. You know, talk to us a little bit about kind of Alexa, the early years. Yeah. So ever since I was little, and like I said, I wasn't, I haven't reflected on this until recently. I've always wanted to be the first female anything. So I wanted to be the first woman president. I wanted to be the first woman race car driver. I wanted to be the first woman astronaut. Like my, I had such big dreams on just being a, a role model for those in my space. And I really believe that that was shaped due to my environment and also just being who I am. So I just dove head in and that's how I was presented this opportunity. I kind of started in a, a smaller construction company and I was like, this is cool. This is a, a very male dominated space. Uh, this is somewhere that I can create a lot of opportunities for women and where I can really make a difference. So then I just went all in and, and we're here now. <laughs> we're here now. Oh my goodness. I love it. Where do you think for you, this desire to want to elevate women and just kind of, you know, be the first came from for you you know was it your parents your mum's influence or you know talk to us a little bit about that oh uh, honestly I think it's really stems from um me just wanting to always please those around me and also make sure that everybody's supported around me like some family's huge to me so I've always dreamed of me being able to take care of them them not having to worry about anything so I, it does stem from my parents, but also I really myself, like I really don't have anyone in my family who's like me. So I, I kind of think of myself as an anomaly. I've just some reason got triggered into thinking like, Hey, I can conquer the world and I can change the world. I can make such a big difference. And I think it's just a stacked upon so many different life experiences that I've been able to have that just all compiled into one. And Obviously, living in Vegas was a big one of them. Living in a city that grows so quickly is huge because we are one of the fastest growing cities around. And 
that's just incredible to be able to see that type of growth and know that really anything is possible because my high school, I was there first year. So seeing the development, the being able to see like, Hey, like not everybody knows what's going on. We're all learning together and just recognizing that and diving into that. I think that was a huge part of my growth. Also, I've had really powerful females in my life. My grandma, who's from Okinawa, Japan, she's one of my favorite humans in the world. And she is just incredible. Like she, the things she's accomplished and been able to do with throughout her life. She turned 80 years old this year and she's just, yeah, she's amazing. And I got to, I was raised by her. So I was raised by her and my other grandma and just being surrounded by just strong energy. They never told me I couldn't do anything. They, they never told me like, you're a girl, you're supposed to stay home. They, I didn't know that concept until I grew older and I was like, wow, that's real. <laughs> so I've been, I've been blessed with, with great people around me who've helped me get here. Firstly, happy birthday to your grandma. And I love, <laughs> I love that she was such that energy and that vibe for you and that zest of life. You know, for our peers out there listening who maybe, you know, didn't get as lucky and, and didn't have as many strong, you know, female leaders or, or whoever it is, you know, around them and perhaps is doubting if they can really get to that next level, if they can go after that next kind of promotion or, you know, for our entrepreneurs listening, you know, start that business that they just have so much desire to start. You know, what advice would you give to us around finding it within ourselves to kind of elevate and getting the courage to do so. There are two options that I I would consider and what I've been doing now, because I've reached a different type of level where I've I've needed to elevate myself past this. So first thing is uh, finding a purpose and and I know that's so cliche, but there's so much purpose around us. Anything can turn into a purpose. And it doesn't even have to be something you're passionate about, like something that bleeds into like construction. I'm not very passionate about construction. What I am passionate and what has given me purpose is the ability to help women have more opportunity. So tying that in and really telling yourself a different story is huge because really it's all the words that we tell ourselves. And what is the story that we're going to tell ourselves today is the story that everyone's going to see. So that is one thing. The other thing I would say is to reach out to people uh, around that, that inspire you. I know that I've reached out to many, many people and people have actually started reaching out to me now, which is so beautiful, but just saying like, Hey, Alexia, how, how do you do it? Like how help me understand how this works or what's going on here. And I'm more than happy to help. I've had more than many mentors in my life who've been happy to help and really just seeing that different perspective and the ability that they have to shift so quickly. And, and I'm like, wow, I never thought about it like that. So those are my two biggest things. Don't be afraid and, and just do it. Really just focus and do it. Because to me, it's always better to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. And I live my life by that. So why not? Like, just, just go out there. <laughs> why not? Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. So I wanted to have a bit deeper into your story, Alexia. So you've been raised by these two amazing, powerful women, your grandmothers, and, you know, you went off, you were the first at your school or your first cohort in the school that you were at. You know, talk to us a little bit about your college years and your college days and kind of how they shaped you and what that time was like for you. So honestly, I have a very non-traditional view on college. I don't really believe in it and and in my experience. 
What I can say is that I worked throughout college. I worked throughout high school. I worked throughout college. And the working experience I got is more valuable than anything. What is valuable from my college experience is the time management piece and the ability to adapt and overcome obstacles that you won't be faced in everyday life. So uh, having a full-time job and a full course load and with the dedication to graduating within four years, that to me trained me on focus and time management and really understanding where I am and how I'm spending my time. Because at the end of the day, I didn't have that traditional college life where I was in a school that was very, nobody's really on, obviously at UNLV, there's a lot of people coming in and out a lot. So to me, it was more focusing on my career at that time, but also using some of the tools they've given me. But to be honest, I haven't used very many of the tools they've given me. It was the tools that I found while I was there. So I just think it's an expensive piece of paper, to be honest. (laughs) That's my personal take. I know that there are definitely other jobs out there that, that it's very important to have that. For me, being an entrepreneur and running your own business, I don't think it's the most important thing. What is the most important thing? believing in yourself. And how do we do that? It's a really focusing back on that purpose piece. Like I have an internal mental battle every day I'm, I'm facing with. Like I go to the gym at three o'clock in the morning so that I could get ready and be at work by 6 a.m. And we start super early. So every morning I wake up, I get to choose to be present. I get to choose to be happy to be there. And it's just a consistency of those little habits that to me have made me believe in myself. I'm the last person to break a promise to anyone else, but I'm definitely the last person to break a promise to myself. That is powerful. Why do you think we, a lot of us, and I know myself included, oh, go to the gym this morning. Oh, well, you know, it's it's cold now here in Sydney and stuff it. You know, how do we get better at not breaking those promises to ourselves? To me, it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable. So obviously it's uncomfortable to get up early, uncomfortable to go to the gym, be cold, all of that. But really where the magic happens is accepting that, yes, I'm going to be uncomfortable for this couple, maybe 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half. But at the end of the day, I'm going to feel so much better. I'm going to feel so much more accomplished. And once you start doing it, it becomes an addiction. Like there's not a day that I miss it now because I know that it's going to affect the whole rest of my week if I do. What would you say to our peers out there who feel like a really intense schedule isn't serving them just in terms of their mental, perhaps, you know, a mental and emotional ability. I know for myself for so many years, you know, I went through that really rigorous regime where it was up at, I mean, I know you're up at three, that's another level, but you know, up at six, that was a big achievement for me for many years. And then, you know, sitting down by seven, you know, kind of, you know, wrapping up and, and, staying as focused as I could for those eight hours and then kind of wrapping up my day. And I think as I've grown more into myself as an entrepreneur and just as a person, I feel sometimes, although I appreciate the structure, sometimes having some of that leniency around it is for me at least has been really important in just kind of helping my mental health and not being so hard on myself. So I guess for our peers out there listening who feel like, they're battling with this, oh, I've got to go off and do this thing because I know it's going to help me be productive, but also 
I'm struggling right now, perhaps mentally, emotionally, and I just need to almost look after myself in a different way. You know, what would you say to us about managing the balance between the two? Yes, and I love that. I'm a huge advocate for that. The way that I think about it is, let's say I have a very structured day, eight meetings back to back, they're very tight time schedule. And I recognize that, hey, I don't want to talk to three of those people. I'll reschedule and create a different time frame for that. However, going back to that time for myself, I know that going to the gym is something I'm doing for myself. So I know that if I'm going to meditate or go to the sauna or have, to be honest, before I created this gym routine, I was really unhealthy, very stressed out. I didn't have the discipline in that realm. I was very strictly focused on work and that became overwhelming. So there came a period where I had a a little bit of a, I mean, I've had many mental breakdowns, but one of the mental breakdowns that I've had uh, really resulted in me understanding like I get to choose what time is for me and I choose what time I allow for other people and I choose what other people are allowed in my energy pool because at the end of the day, that's what's going to affect my mental health. Not me choosing to get up early as much as getting up early sucks. It makes me feel better once I get through the gym. But if I surround myself with people who don't serve me or who don't complement what I'm going to do or my purpose or we don't share the same values and I'm worried about anything around them, that completely is going to deplete me versus what I choose to do for myself. Such valuable advice. Can you tell us a little bit about that time? I want to dive deeper into you becoming the CEO and then kind of you just said it focused on work the entire time, forgot about your health. Like that I can just see is so normal. And so many of us high achievers, all of our peers out there listening can resonate with that. I can resonate with that. Can you talk to us a little bit about that journey to becoming CEO straight after graduating um, from Nevada and kind of what that was like for you and how you navigated through that tough transition? Yeah. So I graduated college and I left the job that I was at because I did not agree with how the owners were running things. So the former owner of my current company reached out to me and he said, I'm looking for someone like you. And I said, great, I'm available. So I started just as an office manager in 2017 and I really took ownership of the role. So I dove in. I I started taking the calls 24-7. I did everything and anything I could to help increase this company and make it a profitable company again. So it got to the point where the owner had different interests in mind and he was really focused on what the company could do for him personally and not the company as a whole. So I told him, and we were doing really well. I I helped increase 416% revenue in 2020. So I had a serious conversation with him. And this is when I was very focused on work and that's all I cared about. Uh, I had a serious conversation with him saying, this is important to me. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to continue making you rich. You can either sell the company to me or I'm going to leave and do my own thing. And he was done anyway. He, it was a very beneficial transaction for both of us. So he decided, yeah, let's figure something out. So we worked out a deal and then I took over the company. And having that transition from... I always acted like an owner throughout my entire career, wherever I'm at. I could be working at some food shop or uh, a different construction company. I took ownership of that role and I knew the ins and outs of everything. I helped the company. If there was somebody wasting a paper straw, I knew about it because I cared about it. So that I think prepared me 
to becoming an actual owner. That transition to wasn't very hard for me because at that time I was already running everything. I was already, I knew all the finances. I knew what was going on because I was in that role. So to me, it really was a, a big release that when I actually got 100% control uh, because then I was able to do the things that I wanted to do and not be worried about the owner taking out whatever money or putting us however many steps back because I, I knew the direction we were going. I'm not going to lie, though. There was definitely some hard times. I, I mean, there was days where I went four, five, six weeks without taking a paycheck from a company that I didn't even own. And there was days where I looked to myself and I had this conversation. Is this okay? Am I going to really stay at this company that isn't able to pay me for how long with this maybe hope of one day changing it? But I, of course, those thoughts come up. But once I commit to something, it's very hard for me to remove myself. So I just kept trucking and I told him all the struggles and I did everything I could to make it better. And now we're a multi-million dollar company that is is really doing really well in our space and we're changing the world. So I think back to those moments is really key revolving doors that goes back to the focus that I had and goes back to not really having a plan B. I was always in plan A and I knew plan A was the plan. So it's, it's been magical. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I love this kind of convo. I love this chat. I want to talk a bit about those tough early days you know, I think as founders, as entrepreneurs, as CEOs, it's inevitable in our journey that we go through these times where it's financially taxing, it's emotionally taxing, we're questioning ourselves and if this is the right path, even though deep down we know, you know, we're attached to the business, but we need, we sometimes feel like we need to get out of the business. All of these things, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about your mindset during those weeks and perhaps those months where you weren't being paid and you didn't or you couldn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel? How did you get through that? That's a really great question. When I think about those times, all I think about is my consistent momentum and my really determination that I knew no matter how bad it got, there was an opportunity for it to be better. And I focused on what can I do to help this one situation? How can I get through this one day? Similar to Will Smith's book where he talks about the brick analogy where he's building the wall. He thinks about the next brick. That's really how I took it. Just knowing that step by step, day by day, I'm going to do this. And committing was the biggest piece for me. Once I committed, I did everything I could to make it happen. And that has a lot of things that go into that. As a, a leader, we get to be flexible. We get to be adaptable. There were things that I did that I would have never dreamed of doing until I was faced in that situation. And I didn't have a choice. It was either figure out how to make the, this payroll or, you know, get rid of everybody and have them at my door for however much money and give up my paycheck so that my guys could eat or give up my paycheck so that the anybody that is working for me has the opportunity to feed their family, which was an easy guess for me. I was more than happy to give up whatever I needed to make sure that they were happy. Even in those hard days where there was literally nothing for me. I mean, I was living off of nothing and it really motivated me to do better because I knew that life gets better. There wasn't many times where I thought about what happens if we run out or what happens if this stops. I just knew we'll get through today 
the next hour, the next minute. And I focused on that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm nodding along furiously because I know (laughs) I feel that and I just resonate so strongly with that. I love it. Oh, Alexia, this is just such good chat. I want to talk a bit more about the growth and you turning a non-profitable business into a profitable one and into what it is today. And then also the conversation or having the courage to ask for a hundred percent ownership. You know, I think a lot of the time as women, even though we are fabulous creatures and we have so much potential, we sometimes don't believe that we're worthy. And, you know, was there ever a time for you that that came into your head or you doubted your decision or your path? And if so, how did you navigate through that? For really asking for the ownership piece of it, that to me was easy because I knew even if he said no, I could do this again by myself. What the hard part was after that decision was made, there was a, a nine month period where we negotiated where he wasn't ready to sign because it's a very emotional thing to have your baby being given up. So, I, I mean, and I understood and I, I was patient for some time. But in that moment, I really started to question myself, is this man really going to give up this company to me? Is he really going to even want to move forward with this? Does he trust me? Does he know, you know that I'm not going to just run his name to the ground? Those questions did come up, but I knew there was so much growth at the time just in the company in general, and I was so strong and set in my beliefs. And I was also going, uh, pre- prepping. I was prepping for everything. So I was going to, uh, taking my contractor's test so that I could become the actual electrical contractor on the license. So I didn't have to have him as our qualified individual. And that was huge because I was the first, the youngest female in Nevada to get that. So really making sure that I set up my qualifications so that either way, I'd be okay. That to me was more powerful than anything because at, yes, of course, at the end of the day, I, I have those dots and I have those those questions. Even now, I question myself. Was I a good leader? Did I do enough to help this person? Is really what I focus on now. And that, it really just takes, trusting my instinct is a huge thing for me. Knowing that what I'm doing is right and that I'm prepared for whatever is going to happen, even though, you know, you never know. <laughs> uh, that to me was the biggest guiding light, I would say. Mm. And what advice would you give to our peers out there listening who are struggling to listen to their gut? They've made so many, perhaps in their mind, wrong moves and nothing's working out. I mean, I think back to my early days where I just thought, oh my goodness, I don't know how things would get any worse. Why do I keep making the quote unquote wrong decisions for myself? And then that made me question my gut, which is one of the scariest things you know, to experience, you know, for our peers out there listening who are perhaps in that phase, how do we trust ourselves again? How do we get to that point? So I would say the first thing is to really hone in and reflect on what those decisions or how you got to that point. Because to me, there's no failure and there's no wrong mistakes. Those are all stepping stones to where you are going to be. I've failed every day of my life and I look at it as, okay, cool. How can I pivot and make this better? 
So really the reflection piece, which is what I've been focusing on now, because just recently my business did take a step back and I realized, what did I do to get us here? How did I create this? And not in a negative blaming way, more in the example of an empowering, I have the ability to change this. I just need to reflect to figure it out first. So that to me would be the first thing, reflecting on that opportunity, what happened, how did you get there? Journaling is great. Meditation. There's so many ways to do it, but uh, really honing in first because you don't know what you don't know. And then once you find that out, recognizing, okay, perfect. Here's the next plan. Let's go from there. Because again, those mistakes, really shifting that thought of what a mistake is and looking at it as a step instead of a, a step back. And sometimes you do need to take a step back for three steps forward, which is something that I just did. And it's proven to be more powerful than I could have imagined. How do we gain the courage to take that step back when it feels like we might be going backwards? This is a great question because I, I'm living it right now. So uh, in my business, I got to the point where I actually got to be the CEO, where I got to start the networking. I got to start the growth, the fun stuff as an entrepreneur, the things that we love. And my business started to struggle in specific areas with uh, connection, communication, things that I was helping with at the time. So I recognized that we just moved into this big, beautiful office too. And I have this beautiful office with windows. And I recognized I can't be here right now. I need to be in a cubicle with my team in order to help push us forward. So that's been hard. I'm, I'm every day I go back over there and I love it. I, I'm, I'm empowered by them. But at the same time, I do miss having the more flexible schedule that I used to have, being able to leave and not being so dependent upon because when I was there, it was for a reason and people knew I was there. But now I get to always be there because... I'm recognizing that there's some things that they need some help on. So we got here because I was in that position and we're going a different way than I envisioned. So I get to take a step back in order to make sure that we're on the right path so that I become the best version of myself alongside my team with the best company that we can create together. I mean, we're already back on the same path. We're already doing more than we were doing before. So it really reminded me how I got here and it reminded me that sometimes you just got to put a hat on and work. And I, I loved that. I honestly, I'm very grateful for it as much as I didn't like it in the beginning. I knew if I don't do this, my company could go to under, I would be destroying 40 people's lives if, if that happened. So really understanding it's not just me here that I care about. It's everybody that I'm impacting. I think that's just so valuable. And I think it's that leadership pace and it's that taking full responsibility and not being afraid to kind of own that, you know, this is what I've got to do right now to get us through this and to get my people through this. And I think that's so beautiful that you were able to have that reflection and that time to do that. We could talk for days. This is so, so fascinating, but I am mindful of your time. So I've got a couple of final questions for you. And the first one is what has been your greatest failure or mistake and your greatest win? to date? My greatest failure or mistake would be giving away such a large percentage of my company in the early days. So I have this mentality that I want to bring everyone with me. I assume everybody has positive intent and they're on the same path as me. So 
really, and I didn't find out that this was a bad thing until two years later, where people started to show their true colors. And I was so taken back, so surprised. I mean, I, I fortunately did keep majority ownership, so it didn't set me back really anything. But at the end of the day, not knowing, and I think that really went into me not knowing my worth, me thinking that I do need these people with me. And I need these people in order to to get to where I want to be when now I know I don't need anyone, first of all. Second of all, now I get to share when I don't necessarily want to share because the workload isn't equal or or they don't believe in the same things that I believe in. Their missions are different. So that to me was my biggest failure. But I'm working through it. So it's okay. Um, my biggest success to date, I would say the same day and this is just a moment in time. So that reflection piece, I'm getting better at reflecting, but I didn't really reflect on my successes. Uh, I just kept going. What's next? What can I do more? Really that high achieving mindset. But the first day that I really actually broke down and started crying because I was so proud, like how did I get here was I was announced on Forbes 30 under 30 on the same day that I passed my test to become the youngest female C2 contractor in Nevada. And that was like, it makes me emotional now. It was so powerful to think. And, and I, that was the fourth time I took that test. So it wasn't an easy thing. And I finally got to the point where I sat and I, I was in my car and I was like, wow, you did that. <laughs> Massive. Yes. Congratulations. Amazing. Honestly, it's, it's so incredible to see. Look, Alexia, over the last almost five years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You've received so much recognition for your work. And, you know, as you just mentioned, you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? Well, the first piece of advice I would say is to not give away your company. (laughs) (laughs) But we already went over that one. Um, I would say another one would be to trust your instinct and know that any societal norms cannot create a ceiling for you. There are no ceilings. And lastly would be to continue to push yourself with a growth mindset because there's no end line in growth. Growth being not just professionally, growth being personally, education-wise, family spiritually, all of those pieces of growth really create a harmonious lifestyle. And I failed at that in the beginning, which is why it was so hard. I believe it would have been easier if I was more balanced in my growth instead of focusing on one circle. So those three things. Such valuable advice. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Alexia, before I ask the final question. For all of the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, in particular us young, ambitious females, that if we have that vision, that goal and that dream, we actually can turn it into our reality, although it will come with blood, sweat and tears and sometimes having to overcome, you know, male dominance. It is something that we can do. And for that, we really appreciate you. Thank you. I I'm very fortunate to be able to share my story and I'm so proud that I've been able to do this because at the end of the day, I don't focus on the things that I don't have or I don't focus on the limitations that males in my industry specifically put on me. 
I just focus on what I can do to make this world a better place. And it's, it's really helped me create an atmosphere and a community that is unlike any other. Oh, so powerful. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I believe the value is in the actual journey. So really focusing on how can you achieve what you set out there to do and understanding that anything is possible in that journey, but being able to adapt and overcome. Those are all so many life lessons that you learn just with pursuing one goal. I never have ever thought that the goal was the end point. I've always believed that I will learn more throughout the journey and my goal will continue to get further and further because I'm never going to reach it. And, and if I do reach it, then something's wrong and it's time to retire or something. I don't know, (laughs) but really just uh, creating that journey and enjoying the journey, because if you don't enjoy the journey, you're in the wrong place. Amazing. So where can we learn more about Bell Solar and Electrical Systems? Uh, you can visit our website, uh, bellelectricalsystems.com, or you can find me on social media. I'm not super big on social media. I have deleted it from my phone for focus reasons. But if you want to add me, I'm on as Alexia Cooper on pretty much every platform out there. Amazing. We will link them up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. It's been so, so cool to chat. Yes, thank you. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Amazing. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers.